Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. pleased today to have a return guest for Song of the Soul, Art Lyons. Art was one of the first people I interviewed for Song of the Soul almost two years ago, and he's back today to share more aspects of his spiritual journey as experienced through music. Art is Catholic, born and raised, and has leaned towards being Buddhist in the interim, and his journey continues, as you'll hear on this edition of Song of the Soul. Art. Welcome to your second Song of the Soul. Thank you. And let me see now. You were one of the very first Song of the Soul interviews I did, so that makes it almost two years ago. A lot of ground that you've covered since then. Tell the folks about that very special event that happens at your house on Memorial Weekend. Oh, interesting, yeah. We have an event called Bob Stock. It's a celebration of Bob Dylan's birthday, which is near the end of May. It started off, uh, I started thinking about it on Bob Dylan's 60th birthday. It's a family and friends invitation event, and um, it really is just an excuse to have everybody I know and like, uh, or at least some of them, over at my house as a sort of payback for all the kindness that they do for me over the years and so on. It's just the Lions family party every year. has been going on for four or five years now. My children have really embraced it. Last couple of years, my son and his wife have made T-shirts for the event. My daughter always makes it a point to get back to town for that. And I met my daughter-in-law for the first time at a Bobstock. This past May was my second grandson's first Bobstock, which I'm sure he'll never forget. 
the whole Bob Dylan thing really is not necessary to have a party, but it, it gave us a good theme and a good excuse. And what we do is uh, we listen to Bob Dylan for 10 hours, noon to 10 o'clock, and some people walk around with cotton in their ears, and others hang close to the speakers so they can hear better. My wife tells me once in a while to turn the music down so people can enjoy themselves. So we just have a good time teasing back and forth about it. My vision of the first Bob stock was a handful of friends sitting around a bonfire all day drinking beer and just talking about Bob Dylan as he played in the background. My wife then said we needed to have food, and that began the snowball into a full-blown party. I said break out a bag of chips then, and, and she said, no, we need to do more than that. The invitation list got bigger and bigger. It usually is uh, 40 to 50 people every year. I knew, of course, that you chose one Bob Dylan song for your first song of the soul, and in this one you're going to include two of his songs. So I knew we had to discuss something about Bob. Does he play some significant special part in your spiritual journey, in your soul's movement? I'm not sure. I, I came to Bob Dylan very late. By the time I was old enough to be conscious of my world, Bob Dylan's heyday was already past. Many of my college friends knew and listened to Bob Dylan. I, I didn't pay any attention at the time. I think I came to Bob Dylan in the 90s. I think he was a gateway to expanding some sort of consciousness on my part, at least my musical consciousness. That opened a whole doorway for me into folk music and gospel music and uh, more rock and roll type music that I didn't really listen to in my younger days. And lyrically, there's a lot in Dylan's music that is different from what I used to listen to in high school and college and so on. And also, Dylan as a person has changed and evolved so much in a public way as his music has changed and evolved that that sort of permission, I think, or at least I take it as permission to change and evolve also. If such a public figure can change and evolve and open himself to criticism, sometimes very nasty criticism, and take risks with not only his life but his career, a much more private, smaller person like I can do the same thing, I think. So I'm guessing that that has something to do with the first song for your Song of Soul that you've selected, which is License to Kill by Bob Dylan. Yeah, it really does. Uh, License to Kill, I think of it as, uh, I'm sure there are more, but I think of it as one of Dylan's feminist songs, really. And I see it as a, as a song that really highlights the way in which society shapes us based on the labels that were given at birth, black or white, male or female. Once we get those labels when we leave the womb, that sort of defines for society what's expected of us. And of course, many of us, as we're younger and growing, don't know any better but to follow those expectations. But once you become aware that those expectations are there and that those expectations are at least somewhat arbitrary and that you don't have to follow those expectations if you only have just a little bit of guts to step outside the box, if you make the choice to do that, then it's very freeing. And so this, is, this song, I think, represents a sort of freedom, I think. And for you, what did that freedom mean? What did it free you to do or to be? Well, I think for me it means being more conscious of the gender box that I'm in, that we're all in, feeling free to step away from that when and where I choose. One of the things that the feminist movement taught me, and I think teaches all of us, is that those gender labels and those gender constrictions are a certain kind of prison that we impose on each other. 
women have been telling us for decades to let them out of that box, and they've been stepping out of the box. And I think that's a good lesson for men to take, not only to heed the feminist message, but to apply that feminist message to their own gender situation. Most men I know aren't even really aware of the, the idea of gender because theirs is a standard gender. And I think a little bit of awareness would go a long way for most of the men I know. Well, let's not forget why this discussion came up. It was Bob Dylan's song, Licensed to Kill. This is the first song in Arts, Song of the Soul. Man thinks cause he rules at us He can do with it as he please And if things don't change soon He will Oh, man has invented his doom First step was touching the moon Now there's a woman on my block She'll just sit there As the night grows still She'll say who Gonna take away his license to kill Now they take him And they teach him And they groom him for life And they set him on a pathway is bound to get ill Then they bury him with stars Sell his body like they do used cars Now there's a woman on my block She'll just sit there facing the hill She'll say who gonna take away his license to kill Now he's helping our destruction He's afraid and confused And his brain has Been mismanaged With great skill Now all he believes Are his eyes And his eyes They just tell him lies But there's a woman On my block Sitting there In a cold chill she said who Take away his license to kill Baby, noise make a spirit Make a heart break a back breaker Leave no stone unturned Maybe an actor in a plot That might be all that you got Till your error you clearly learn Now he worships At an altar Of a stagnant pool his reflection is fulfilled. Oh, man is opposed to fair play. He wants it all and he wants it his way. Now there's a woman on my block. She just sit there as the night grows still. She said, Ooh, gonna take away his license to
That was License to Kill by Bob Dylan. You're listening to Art Lyons' Song of the Soul. Art, where does that song fit into Bob Dylan's lifetime, his career as a musician, and specifically with respect to his Christian conversion and the music he produced in that phase? I think the phase that's called Dylan's Gospel period was the 1979 to 1981, ending with the Shot of Love album. And License to Kill came out on Dylan's next album, which was Infidels, which I think was 1983. Infidels, I think, can be tied to that Christian or gospel phase because, of course, the word infidels has a strong Christian and religious reference, as opposed to the previous three albums, which were gospel-esque and preacher-like. Infidels is an album that creates a lot of characters who are just the opposite, a lot of infidels, a lot of characters who represent the negative side of human life. And License to Kill, I think, fits that theme really well. You have men growing up being trained to do harm in the world, and you have women sitting by and asking, who will stop this? Well, let's keep moving right along here. The second song you selected for your Song of the Soul Art is called The Competition. What connection does this song have to your spiritual growth and progress and where you've headed in your life? Well, thinking back to License to Kill, I relate very personally to that song because I grew up under a military father. I grew up as a very traditional, patriarchal, hegemonic, middle-class, working-class, white young man. And a lot of the upbringing that's alluded to in License to Kill represents my upbringing. Another aspect of that, of course, is referred to in the song The Competition. And it has to do with perfectionism. It has to do with winning, with being the best My father, although in his way he was a very loving man, could, for example, watch me do something for an hour and talk to me afterwards only about that 30 seconds of that hour that I did badly and try to make sure that that 30 seconds didn't go badly again the next time. Plenty of pride, but very little discussion about what I, and this applies to my siblings too, what we did right, but a lot of discussion about what we did wrong in an effort to teach us. That creates perfectionism in people, which is a a very frustrating thing to grow up with. And perfectionism creates a lot of avoidance and fear, naturally because you hesitate to do a lot of things, because if you can't do them perfectly, anything you do becomes very frustrating. I'm afraid I learned that too late in life to help my kids. I'm afraid that I did to my own children what my father did to me, which was instill a sense of not good enough in them. That's not something I haven't known over the years, But the interesting thing for me about this song, besides the fact that it really outlines the frustration of the perfectionist very well, is that the way I learned this song, I only have known this song for about two weeks. It was about two weeks ago, my daughter's boyfriend emailed me that song and said, Michelle asked me to send you this song. And I sat down and listened to it, and I realized that she knew that I would relate to the song, and that she knew that I knew that she would relate to the song, and that she knew that I knew why she would relate to that song is because I taught her how to relate to that song. The other interesting thing about the song is that, and about that situation is that I emailed my uh, daughter's boyfriend back, and I said, oh, thanks for the song. I really liked it. And I wanted to say, but you know, it's funny because the rhyme scheme could have been better. The rhythm could have been trimmed. And I wanted to critique the song (laughs) negatively. And I bit my tongue and didn't do that, although I think my daughter would have laughed out loud about that. Well, let's pretend that we're just opening up the email right now, grabbing that attachment and playing it to see what Michelle has sent you. It's called The Competition, and it's by Kimya Dawson. 
I never wanted to be better than my friends. I just wanted to prove wrong the people in my head. The ones who told me I'd be better off dead. The ones who told me that I would never win. When I delivered newspapers, they said I was too slow. When I was a barista, they said I made lousy foam. When I worked in retail, they said I was a slob. Much too dumb for school and much too lazy for a job. So I rode my bike like lightning. And I made cappuccinos that would make the angels sing. Took two showers a day and I dressed up like a princess. Shook my fist in my own face and said, I'll show you who's the best. I wrote the kinds of papers teachers hang up on their walls. I was employee of the month at seven different shopping malls. And one time playing football, I pulled the tendons in my leg. To prove that I was tough, I hopped on one foot and finished up the game. If I succeeded, I'd be happy and they'd go away. But first thing every morning, I'd still wake up and I'd hear them say, Fat, ugly, and stupid, you should really be ashamed. No one will ever like you, you're not good at anything. And sometimes I'd rise to the challenge. But other times I'd feel so bad that I could not get out of bed. And on the days I stayed in bed, I sang and sang and sang about how crappy I felt, not realizing how many other people would relate. Things they didn't know how to say And the people in my head still visit me sometimes And they bring all of their friends But I don't mind I play my guitar like lightning When I sing, I like it when you sing too loud and clear Different voices, different tones All saying, yeah, we're not alone I got good at feeling bad And that's why I'm still here I got good at feeling bad And that's why I'm still here I got good at feeling bad And that's why I'm still here That was Kimya Dawson, and the song is The Competition. This is the second song in Art Lyons' Song of the Soul, and I want to take a new approach to this next song. Usually I'll have you discuss the song ahead of time, Art, and tell people how it relates, but I would like everyone who's listening today to listen to this song and formulate your idea of why this fits in Art Lyons' Song of the Soul. The song is Hank and Fred, and it's by Loudon Wainwright III. So tune in, listen to Loudon, and afterwards there will be question and answer period.
Fred, it's by Loudon Wainwright III, 
and he had some brief moment of fame in popular music about 35 years ago with a song called Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road. Not nearly the best of his songs. But time's up for you listeners. I asked you to think about how this might relate to Art Lyons' spiritual journey. And it's time to press the button. And Art, what is the correct answer? How does this relate to your spiritual journey? Well, I think the first two songs that you played today really represent the baggage of a life. And I think Hank and Fred, for me, is just a song that that has a voice that says, there's good things happening in the world, notice those good things, and when those good things pass, it's all right to shed a few tears and to sit up and take notice and to celebrate those things. It's that simple for me. Well, hearkening back to the gender liberation theme that you talked about in the first song, are you saying it's also okay for a male to sit up and shed a few tears? Well, uh, notice that the voice in the car was, was there alone, so there's no shame in crying alone, right? I guess that is the traditional male way of dealing with grief, privately and alone. But of course, having gotten to know you through Clearwater Men's Council, we both know that there are other ways of doing it. By the way, were you particularly a fan of either Hank or Fred? Hank Williams is is somebody whose music, of course, everybody who listens to radio has heard Hank Williams, especially if you're a country or folk fan. You've heard Hank Williams' songs without knowing it, probably. Uh, but Hank Williams is, again, somebody that I came to very recently, listened to the music, read the biography, became interested in as a character. Fred Rogers is not anybody that I was ever particularly a fan of, although having two young children who grew up while Fred Rogers was on TV, I know Mr. Rogers' TV show, and I can understand why the voice in that song would identify Fred Rogers as something of quality in the world and mourn his passing. Well, I think it may be time to mosey out of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, head a little bit further south down to Albuquerque. The next song you've chosen is called Albuquerque Lullaby, and it's by Dan Byrne. How does this fit for you in your spiritual journey, in your Song of the Soul? I just like the refrain, don't let your heart get broken by this world. It, it's, it has the same tone as a classic haiku, which is sort of a happy sadness or a sad happiness, sort of a recognition of the world that there are good things and bad things, and that we look at those things and we take them for what they are, and everything will pass, and therein lies some of the melancholy. Everything will pass. That's a positive thing. It's also a negative thing. I guess it doesn't matter how you label it. It just is. But despite that, I think the refrain of this song over and over again is don't let that get you down. Don't let the world and the crap of the world, which has been alluded to in a few of the songs already, don't let that bring you down. It's not quite as cheesy as Don't Worry, Be Happy. But it's a very simple message, and it's one. It's a, it's a song that I'd love for my grandkids to hear over and over again. Well, you can help assure that possibility by burning for them a copy of the CD of your Song of the Soul art. Give it to them. Hopefully, they'll listen to it over and over again, and they'll listen to this song, Albuquerque Lullaby, by Dan Byrne. Sits in his office Where he's had his big success Now he cries all day He says the internet Is stealing his royalties Talks of his glory days 
say no one cares about your glory days Back road, New Mexico There's an old abandoned church Windows boarded up Never sees a coat of paint Sometimes I drive by and dream Hearing the preacher preach It's a drag strip for the kids You can hear them tired of speech Don't let your heart Get broken by this world Don't let your heart Get broken Have a bottom of the ocean You might find a pearl Don't let your heart Lullaby, the song. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production called Song of the Soul, and our guest for Song of the Soul today is Art Lyons. You know, Art, folks have to be scratching their heads if they listen to my programs before, because I always ask my guests about their spiritual religious background and upbringing, and I haven't asked you about that, and you haven't mentioned about it in any way particular. You care to summarize for our listeners the essentials of your religious, spiritual upbringing and growth? Sure. I was raised Catholic, sort of as a mediocre Catholic. And I guess what I mean by that is I had no devoutness about me. I went to church because my mother took me. When my mother stopped taking me, I was happy not to go. I think I was probably too young to experience the good things about the Catholic church that are out there. I drifted into... uh, academic aloofness, which I'm beginning to realize is another organized religion in the United States and probably in the Western world and maybe beyond. I drifted into existentialist postmodernism. I found those things empty, I think. And I stumbled my way into uh, Buddhism maybe 15 years ago now. 
And I think I'm stumbling my way out. I think I've learned what I can from Buddhism. I, I think the best thing to learn from Buddhism is to stop calling yourself a Buddhist because the label is limiting rather than real. I think what I've concluded over the years, and maybe this is simplistic, but it works for me, I, I think spirituality or religion is really just about a healthy selflessness. I think any tradition or any thought process or any experience in the world that helps you move in that direction is probably a, a healthy way to view the world. That's sort of where I am today. Given the measure that you cite their art, that it moves you in the direction of a healthy selflessness, do you think that there are religions out there that don't do that? You know, I'm not a religious expert, and so I'm, I'm not sure about that. My guess is that every religion in its pure sense probably is intended to do that or help one do that. My own limited experience with religious people is that there are lots of religious people who don't do that and who would stop others from doing that. But that's just from my experience. Again, I have no expertise in that. I've never been an organization person. I've never been a joiner. I've joined a few things. But as a personality, I've always been more of a, more of a loner, never really a joiner. And so I've never really been tempted to become an avid member of an organized religion or an organized religious community. So I, I really just don't have a lot of experience with that. I think another way of saying that is that you hold those kinds of connections lightly. And I think I'll use that as a segue to the next song that you selected, which is called Light as the Breeze. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, Light as a Breeze is a Billy Joel song, and it's a wonderful song. I mean, the lyrics are unbelievable. It's got a wonderful gospel feel to it. It really hits home for me because it takes the notion of religion, spirituality, love, sex, all of those things, and it mixes up in a big bowl and bakes cookies from it, I think. All of those things are things that I value in the world. And so the first time I heard that song, I was just very moved by it, and, and I'm moved by it every time I hear it. You know, it's an older Billy Joel song, as all of his songs are, since he hasn't done any new albums in many years. But again, this is another song that I think I just heard for the first time a year or two ago, because I know that if I'd heard it sooner, I would have remembered it, and I don't remember it from any earlier than that. So really, it's the experiential nature of spirituality and love. It's the confounding of heaven and earth, the refusal to make a distinction between heaven and earth, the refusal to make a distinction between the sacred and the profane that I find really wonderful about this song. And in fact, the whole theme of I, I think what I'm talking about today comes from this song. One of the early lines in this song is, it doesn't matter how you worship as long as you're down on your knees. That, of course, is that healthy selflessness that I was alluding to before. I think if you can get down on your knees, if you can achieve some humility in your life, if you can see that there's 7 billion other people in the world, not to mention other sentient beings and other entities, sentient or not, how can you not be humble in the face of that? She stands before you naked You can see it, you can taste it But she comes to you light as the breeze You can drink or you can nurse it it don't matter how you worship As long as you're down on your knees So I knelt there at the Delta At the Alpha and the Omega At the cradle 
of the river and the seas And like a blessing come from heaven Or something like a second I was healed and my heart was at ease Oh baby I've waited so long for your kiss Something to happen Oh, something like this And you're weak And you're harmless And you're sleeping in your harness And the wind going wild in the trees And it's not exactly prison But you'll never be forgiven For whatever you've done with the keys Oh baby, I've waited so long for your kiss For something to happen At the Omega, I knelt there 
blessing come from heaven for something like a second. I was cured and my heart was at ease. Oh, baby, I've waited so long for your kiss for something to happen. That's Light as the Breeze, a Billy Joel song. When talking about the lyrics to that song, Art, you mentioned the necessity of bringing you down to your knees. And I just wanted to ask you, as kind of a helpful query, what are the things that have got you to that place, to that place of great humility, down on your knees? I think spending more than a decade reading and thinking about and practicing within a Buddhist tradition has helped a lot. The realization that the thing that I call myself, that that's really an illusion, at least as most of us have learned to define it, it's really an illusion because there's really very little, if anything, separating you from me and the two of us from anybody else and the world itself. There are no strict boundaries between things. We only exist in interrelationships, and that means the whole notion of self is really an illusion. And I think just realizing that, you know, I can't live without the grocer. I can't live without the guy who fixed my power lines when they went out the other night. You name it, I I can't live without the sun. I can't live without the earth. Why would I not be down on my knees, unable to live without all those things? Why would I not be just enormously grateful to everybody and everything? That's the healthy selflessness. It's not... It's not that I have low self-esteem, per se, although I think healthy low self-esteem is probably good, although I wouldn't use the phrase. You just did. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think when we teach self-esteem, we, we really are just we're teaching the wrong thing or the wrong kind of self-esteem. Those are some really important, even essential insights and understandings. Thanks for sharing them. Let's move on to your next song, and speaking of self-esteem, the next song is called Your Song by Elton John. Why did you include this one? One of the things that I love most about the world is music, and Elton John was really the first musician to open that door for me. When I was 15 years old, I bought his Greatest Hits album, 1975, and that just threw open doors of aesthetic experiences, emotional experiences, mental experiences, physical experiences in some cases that I don't think I'd ever felt before. And I'm still a huge fan of Elton John. Your song is one of his earliest hits. A decade or less after that, your song was a song that my wife and I had in our wedding. It's been a big part of my life. That song has been. I've been to many Elton John concerts. He tends to sing it at every concert. It's just a song that I love. One of the things I realized just a few years ago, I was listening to a new version, yet another new version of Elton John's Your Song, and it was the demo version, which I assume was the version that he played 
probably sitting at his upright piano in his living room and taped and then gave to his producer and said, what about this song? Should we record this? And it just sounds so youthful. And then when you listen to the lyric, you're listening to a youthful song. You're listening to a song by a young man who's in love, probably doesn't know he's in love, never uses the word love. That's one of the best things about this love song is it's a love song that never uses the word love. And it's a song by a man, a young man, who really is at a loss for words. If you listen to the lyric, you hear him start a sentence and then say, well, anyway, something else. He's at a loss for words. He doesn't know how to talk about love. And he never uses the abstraction love. He always is in the verb form of love. He's always loving. He's always talking in action. He sat on the roof and wrote the song, caused him problems. The next time I heard the song, I heard Elton John, the 58-year-old or something, doing a jazzed-up version of the song with somebody else, a duet of some kind. And I just realized, Elton, you're too old to sing this song anymore. This is not a 58-year-old's love song. This is a 19-year-old's love song. Stop singing the song. So this is a young person's love song. I think it's got a little melancholy for me because I was once young and in love. It's a little bit funny This feeling inside Well, I'm not one of those who can easily hide I, I don't have much money but boy if I did I'd buy a big house where we both could live If I was a sculptor but but then again no or a man who makes potions in a Travel and shows I know It's not much But it's the best I can do My gift is my song And this one's for you And you can tell everybody This is your song It may be quite simple But it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down in words How wonderful Life is While you're in the world I sat on the roof off the mass well a few of the verses <laughs> it got me quite cross but the sun's been quite kind while I wrote this song it's for people like you that keep it turned on so excuse me for getting but these things I do See, I've forgotten if they're green or they're blue anyway. The thing is, what I really mean, yours are the sweetest eyes I've ever seen. So you can't tell everybody this is your song. It may be quite simple, but now 
now that it's done I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down in words How wonderful life is While you're in the world I hope you don't mind I hope you don't mind That I put down in words I think most of you recognize that. That was Your Song by Elton John, the demo version of that song from way back when. You know, I hate to shortchange any of these songs and the part that they play in your spiritual journey, but we really do have to keep moving along. Got one more song to get in for your Song of the Soul, and it's called When the Deal Goes Down by that man who's so important in your life, Bob Dylan. Where does this fit in? Well, When the Deal Goes Down, if your song was a 19-year-old's love song, When the Deal Goes Down is an old person's love song. It just screams old person. This is a song off Dylan's newest, most recent album, which just came out about a year ago. So Dylan's in his mid-60s. In case there was any question about the age and maturity of the voice in the song, the song is written as a waltz. So you can close your eyes and see this song being played at the Ellie Phillips Senior Center as the last waltz of the night at the Senior Center prom. And you can see the spotlight in the middle of the Senior Center auditorium shining on two older folks, long married, still in love with each other in the way that older people who have been together all their lives are in love with each other. The voice in this song is not a voice that sat around on the pool with his wife and counted their money and watched the pool boy clean the pool and patted the maid on the butt when she delivered the drinks. This is a couple that's lived a real life, a life full of happiness and sadness, a life that includes a lot of joy but also some regret. This is another love song whose strength is that it never uses the word love. This is another love song that leaves the impression that love is a verb and not an abstraction or a noun. Every verse of this song includes uh, an image of a road or a path or a journey of some kind, but it's a road or a path or a journey that the voice didn't take alone, that the voice always took with his loved one. And the title, When the Deal Goes Down, really assures us that however long that path goes on, those two people will be together. I see myself being with my wife when the deal goes down. Whatever the deal is, whatever you know, the deal, of course, is death or any big event in one's life. That's the deal. And when that happens, I see us being together. It's so good that you've got someone to be there with you when the deal goes down. It's by Bob Dylan. In the still of the night in the world's ancient light Where wisdom grows up in strife My bewildered brain Toils in vain Through the darkness On the pathways of life Each invisible prayer it's like a cloud in the air Tomorrow keeps turning 
that was when the deal goes down from Bob Dylan's latest album. Art, you've given us some real gems, jewels, pearls of Dylan's work and many other things. Thanks for bringing them to our attention. I hope it'll encourage people to look beyond Everybody Must Get Stoned in order to find some of Dylan's best work. As you can see by looking at the clock, we've run out of time for this Song of the Soul. I do hope you'll come back. I am quite sure that you have music for a third Song of the Soul. If you need someone, I'm, I'm here. I'll find ten more songs for you. Thanks so much, Art. Sure. You've been listening to a Song of the Soul interview with Art Lyons. Actually, it's his second Song of the Soul interview. Don't forget, you too, my listeners, could contact me, and I'll be happy to do a Song of the Soul program based on the music of your spiritual path and journey. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.